Donald Trump has pretty much wrapped up the Republican nomination and it has the media just going wild. They're going to keep coming up with the same bloody narrative and I don't think it's going to work. Iran is doing something we told you about three years ago they were going to do. And some people are really shocked by it, but the media is ignoring it. And we really shouldn't ignore it. And where does China go now? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great Martin Luther King's Day off yesterday. Uh, In California, a lot of people don't get it off because the state has decided to celebrate Cesar Chavez and Juneteenth. So we they had to get rid of a day. They got rid of President's Day and they got rid of Martin Luther King Day, though I think the schools did get it off still. So that's good. So I hope you had a great Martin Luther King Day. By the way, I did see something kind of interesting. I began to see some talk down of Martin Luther King for the first time. So if you don't know this. I'm sure you probably do because it's it's standard history. Martin Luther King was not the, how shall I say, he didn't have the greatest character. He had some flaws. He was a womanizer. He abused women. Um, apparently, there was a time that he actually witnessed a rape and laughed at it. Things like that. So he did have some major issues. Now, that's not taking away. I, I think Martin Luther King Day should be a day. I think Lincoln's birthday should be a day because he ended slavery. I think Juneteenth is a waste, but whatever. Here's the thing with Martin Luther King. Um, He did great things, but he is the epitome of why you don't tear down statues. Because you can point to the flaws in any human being in history that had a say. You could point it in George. I mean, there are some that are very difficult, like George Washington is very difficult to point to flaws. It's very difficult to point to Abraham Lincoln and point to flaws. But that doesn't change who they were. Martin Luther King had flaws. I don't think there's any question he had some major character flaws. But the reality is he did great things. And so we can't sit back and, and ignore those great things and start talking about all the bad things he did. Now, we had taught, I had said, one of the scary things about getting rid of all of this, uh, all these statues and stuff, we're not only eliminating our history, we're forgetting what these people actually did. And we're replacing the great things people did with the bad things that they did. And that's just not, that's that shouldn't happen. I mean... For Christ's sake, Socrates. Everyone would say that Socrates was probably one of the greatest thinkers of all time. Well, Socrates was also a pedophile. Socrates, before he committed suicide, state-sponsored suicide, by the way, he he requested that he sleep with a little boy in his last night. So, I mean, everyone has these character flaws. And we need to just get over the character flaw. Now, I said that Martin Luther King, hey, his character flaws, they're going to be pointed out soon enough because, you know, the content of your character should go over, should be judged over the color of your skin. Well, the left doesn't like that 
because the left thinks that your skin should be the only thing that you're judged on. And so you know that eventually they're going to start making demonizing Martin Luther King. And it looked like there was a little bit of that yesterday. So we'll have to see. Okay, let's get to let's get to our dumbass of the day. Okay. So this dumbass of the day, I really don't think this is even a dumbass of the day. I think this is a warning. I think this is a warning. And it's coming out of the trans community. Now, if you if you look at this trans group, this LGBTQIX poop emoji cult, uh, this should not be much of a shock. I mean, let's face it, six of the last... Uh, several over the last couple of years, there have been mass shootings done by trans people, and because they feel threatened, they they they're being told there's a genocide out there. No one can point to where this genocide is, but they keep saying there's a genocide out there. People are dying because they're trans and blah blah. I mean, the BS that we know is not true, but they're being told this. Well, this is a guy who saw a video where there was a young chick. She's obviously drunk. She's got a, a drink in her hand, and she starts talking. Now, I can't understand what she said, but this tranny, he had a real opinion about how this broad should be handled. Let's watch. Let's normalize slapping transphobes in 2024. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, like, you're gonna get fucking hit if you start talking shit like that to me or my friends. It's not okay. Like, the fuck? Not only that, this chick on this video is, like, fucking talking about the N-word and using the T-slur and, like, all that fucking hateful rhetoric in one. And of course, she's like drunk, like, I'm sure a lot of that's alcohol, but still, like, you trying to get hit or what, girl? Because I'm sorry, like, at a certain point, it's what you deserve. And in this video, they chase down my friend, like, after they've walked away. And they even had the audacity to go and change into, like, hoodies, like they were trying to fucking fight. Of course, initiating violence can always lead to a more, like, dangerous situation, but, like, I'm just saying, if you've got, like, an even number or, like, I don't know, fucking slap a bitch, slap a transphobe today. Okay, I want to point out he's wearing a hoodie, so he's got the hood on and everything, so he's talking, you know how they're wearing hoodies and looking for a fight. Well, he's wearing a hoodie and looks like he's looking for a fight. Here's the thing. This is what, first off, um, these people actually think they're mentally ill right off the bat. So you could assume that violence is not too far from what they think, what they feel is appropriate anyway. I mean, the media has been telling them how they're being genocided out of society, which is just not true. As a matter of fact, the trans community has, the trans community, the trans cultists have increased in number exponentially in the last five years because of, of all the propaganda that's being pushed from these people. But these people are violent people. They're mentally deranged, violent people. 
And we are going to see guys like this go out there and just start hitting people, start causing violence. Because that's what these people do. And the thing is, hitting a woman, they don't care because they think they are women. They don't give a shit. They'll, they'll smack the crap out of you. We're already seeing violence. Like I said, you're talking about massive, uh, the last several mass shootings involve trans people. I don't want to say all of them. I'm saying six mass shootings in the last uh, two years have been trans people or non-binary or whatever. This stuff is happening. These people are now getting violent. They feel they deserve a respect that we're not going to give. And when he says anti-trans, he's saying you just don't believe in. For example, he would be just he would be justified in slapping the crap out of me right now simply because I say he's simply because of what I'm saying. So, by the way, I'm sorry. No one deserves to be hit over words. If she put hands on him, that's a different story. But words, you, you don't smack anybody because of what they say. But these people, they get very upset. And it's because they're insecure over what they think everyone should be respecting. So expect a lot more violence. It's coming. I mean, if technically it's already here. I mean, just last year... A tranny walked into a school and shot six pe- killed six people, including four, including three kids, three or four kids. I can't remember what the Nashville shooter shot. I mean, we had a mass shooting over at a nightclub in Colorado, a gay nightclub in Colorado by a non-binary person. This stuff is beginning to happen, and it's encouraged. These guys are encouraging each other to do it. Remember, we played a video, I think it was a year, year and a half ago, of a guy sitting back and saying he'll shoot someone who tries to stop him from walking into the women's restroom. I got news for you. You walk into the women's you, 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 a dude, walks into the women's restroom with my wife and my stepdaughters in there? Yeah, you're going to have to shoot me. This, this, is a, this is all coming to a head. And do you notice? It's all of these guys that are doing this. The trannies, the the anti Antifa, the BLM, all of these little groups, the blacks, the now it's the Palestinians, okay, the Palestinian sympathizers, the LGBTQ militia, they're all beginning to develop these little militias. And you gotta you gotta sit there and say, okay, there's something going on here. There's something really wrong in this country when all these little groups are threatening violence they're doing it online it's not like they're hiding it they're creating these little groups that create nothing but chaos in the streets the environmental group another group that all these leftist groups subgroups environmental groups the uh, BLM groups the black supremacy groups the LGBTQI groups all these groups are creating their own little military units. And it's guys like this that keep pushing it and eventually end up joining these groups. So he is a dumbass, there's no question, because he thinks he's a woman and it would be appropriate just because a woman says something to beat the crap out of her. 
But the fact is, this is happening. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. We're going to be hearing it. 2024 is going to be a wild year. This is going to be a year of extreme violence. It's going to be a year of, I, I do not think this is going to be a good year. I think we're going to see violence, riots, destruction. This election is going to be, uh, Trump looks like, we'll get to Trump in a second, but it looks like Trump's going to be the nominee. It's going to be Trump and Biden again. It's going to get wild. All right. Speaking of uh, Biden, yesterday was the Iowa caucuses. And uh, unsurprisingly, um, Donald Trump just kicked the living crap out of everybody. Uh, He won the field 51 uh, DeSantis had 21.3 and Nikki Haley had 19%. Vivek Ramaswamy was way in the fourth at 7.7%. And now the question has to be, what are these three, DeSantis, Haley, and Ramaswamy doing in the race? Now, Ramaswamy did actually pull out yesterday, so he's done. It's only DeSantis and Haley. And, but the reality is, I think both of them realize that they're in trouble, that this could be over for them, because both said, well, I'm not quite going to pull out of the race now. But you can tell that New Hampshire is next Tuesday. You can pretty much bet that New Hampshire next week it'll be over. These two will actually drop out. There's no way. I mean, Trump, he's over 51%. That really was the milestone. If he had been under 51%, under 50%, a lot of the folks would have stayed in and would have said, okay, we still got a chance. Now that Trump's over 50%, it's really looking like he... And Trump isn't even ripping these guys anymore. Trump realizes he's going to be the nominee. And so he is already going after Biden, which is great. I think that is fantastic. Go after Biden. Biden, Biden, Biden. Forget these three. I mean, he even even in his speech yesterday where he, uh, you know, was celebrating the win, he was congratulating Ramaswamy and he was, wasn't being sarcastic. And he was talking good about DeSantis and Haley. He wasn't talking garbage about him, but he went after Biden. He is now pushing his way through uh, he's pushing his way through to the general election in November, and that's good. I don't want—one I, I one of the worst things I think that could happen in this election is that these guys actually start beating the crap out of each other. I don't think it's a good thing. Now, one of the only things that went wrong yesterday was the fact that before the caucuses had even started, Fox, MSNBC, uh, and CNN all announced— that Trump had already won. They say in the article I was reading, they said, well, within, um, with 1% of the vote counted, no, these guys had actually said Trump won before the polls had even closed. And I think this is something that we really need to stop doing. Now, the associate, the AP, or not the AP, but one of the news outlets won't make announcements like this until the polls are closed. But I really think these media outlets should stop trying to be the first and just not say anything. I mean, Lord, people weren't even in the caucus yet and they were already 
saying Trump had won. So I, it, it, this just drives me crazy. Well, the other thing that drives, well, what drives the media crazy is that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. And what drives the media crazier is Donald Trump right now is beating Biden. And I don't see how Biden's, how Biden is still in this race. I have no idea. And he looks like he is working to stay in this race. But I don't know how they, they can keep Biden in this race because he's going to lose. He's going to lose big. The economy, inflation went up again last month. So suddenly, you know, they can't talk about how inflation is going down. down. It, it went up. I think it went up to 3.8% or something. And that's, again, year over year. So <laughs> it's going to be ugly. So what are what is the platform of the media? What are they going to do here? Well, they're going to scream about two things. Fascism end of democracy, and racism. So in the bubble that is MSNBC, that's exactly what Rachel Maddow decided to start talking about, how there's a fascist movement within the Republican Party. Blah, 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 blah. It's so old. Let's listen to Rachel. And you can, this is the bubble of MSNBC. If you watch MSNBC and you get all your news from MSNBC, you are a devout communist because they do not give any other sides but the leftist side and it's an extreme leftist side and all these reporters listen to how many times people are agreeing with what rachel maddow is saying this is a a minute 24 second clip and 20 some odd times these people are agreeing with her it's just a bubble it's an echo chamber it's a definition of an echo chamber but, you know, we're all fascists. So let's listen to Rachel Maddow. So I think, the, 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 again, the big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not, if we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm-hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm-hmm. bigger part mm-hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leaders interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And yes, Trump is is sometimes what we call it. Mm-hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm-hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm-hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to right. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That- yeah. and-, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm-hmm. of one man and his leadership. And we, and we can- together- this is a pretty amazing clip uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, it was a minute and 24 seconds long. And the entire clip, she could have she could have broken that down into 12 seconds by just saying Donald Trump and everybody else is a fascist and democracy is over if Trump wins. That's what she said. 
She just called fascist, 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 end of democracy, fascist, fascist. She gave no examples. She never said why Donald Trump and Republicans are fascist. She just called everybody a fascist. And she spent, she did it in 74 different sentences. So, for example, if she had said something, for example, one of the things they, book banning is what the left always, here's the problem, you can't say that. You can't say why you think the Republican Party is fascist. Because if you say something like book banning, well, yeah, but look at the books they're banning. There's an actual response. And the reality is the fascists are you. You can't give the you can't give the examples. The fact that they want to ban all citizens from owning a firearm, they want to limit free speech, they want to eliminate religion, except Islam, mind you. Who is the fascist? But they can't give those examples. They can't give any examples because all of their examples can be countered. And by the way, another amazing thing here, she's not calling Donald Trump a fascist and an authoritarian. She is, but that's not her main point. It's Republicans. It's just Republicans. You, me, we're the fascists. We're voting for fascism. The, the, the country is now half fascist. So at least they're not hiding it at all. Okay, so let's get into Joy Reid. And Joy Reid is just, I have nothing but just angst. Every time I listen to her, I just want to scratch. She, her voice is like fingernails down a chalkboard. She is just such a terrible human being. Well, she continues to be a terrible human being. Here she is talking about why Trump one in Iowa, and you're going to be absolutely surprised what she thinks. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist in 2020. Okay, you, you got the idea. Let's listen to this dolt. But, you know, I feel like the important sort of data point and, and you know, Steve talks about it a lot. He's, he's going to probably talk about it a little more tonight is that these, these are white Christians, that this is a state that is overrepresented, overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight. Um, I today earlier today reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, knowing that we were going to talk about Iowa. And this is a hyper evangelical st white state. And he said the following to me, Iowa is about 61 percent white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41 percent white Christian. And in Iowa, we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. Because I asked him, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses. And he said the following, they see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country. And Trump has promised to give it yeah. back to them. All the things that we think about, about electability, about, you know, what are people gaming out or mm -hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a is a fraudulent American, is a less 
a less real American, then you don't care about electability. You care about what God has given. Okay, you know, I'm going to point out the same thing I always point out. This is a racist statement. Do you know where Biden was last week? Biden was at a black Baptist church spouting how he hated Republicans. Okay, is they are they black evangelicals? No one ever talks about that. I mean, this is racist. This is anti-religion. You are bad because you're white and you're bad because you're religious. Did you say that to, to, to Joe Biden when he was religious? And she basically, Iowa will back because they're all about a bunch of white evangelicals. Well, the reason Trump was being backed yesterday was because he was one of the four candidates for the presidential election, and it was a Republican caucus. And here's another newsflash for this racist. There are black people in Iowa. And here's another newsflash for this racist. Black people are voting for Trump. Matter of fact, Trump will probably be the first guy to have 25 to 30% black vote turnout. So she can say what she wants. Blacks are not embracing Joe Biden. And they shouldn't. I mean, Joe Biden's a racist. But this is one of their, this is part of their selling point. This Their selling point in this election is going to be what Joy Reid and what Rachel Maddow are saying. Fascism, racism. That's all this election is going to be about. But Joy Reid wasn't finished. She continued with her racism. I, I to This is the problem with being in a bubble, by the way, an echo chamber. No one ever points this out to her, that what you're saying is racist. What you're saying, if a white person said that about, let's say, the Black Baptist Church, he'd be deemed a white supremacist. What she's saying is black supremacist garbage. Okay, here here she is uh, going on about why Nikki Haley didn't get elected. And of course, it's racism. New Hampshire. And I think to the point that you made, Steph, I mean, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't care how much the donor class likes her, which will yeah. ramp up a lot, the better yeah. she does in New yes. Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis's only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to white people. While we have... Okay, I like Nikki Haley. I liked her. Okay, I think she's a very intelligent woman. Here's the problem. I would have thought she would have been a lot closer to Donald Trump than she is, except she had one problem she did not foresee. She would have to talk. Nikki Haley is annoying, and she's all over the place with her. She's all over the place with her um, her stances on things. So she is not a solid conservative from what I saw. I had no interest in Nikki Haley. And by the way, I did buy her book signed so I could have a copy of a book, a presidential candidate, because I thought she one day will be president. 
Uh, she didn't become president. She's not going to be president. She's not conservative. Now, I also want to point out, before we get wild and crazy on how Joy Reid is so touching on Nikki Haley and so sympathetic of Nikki Haley being a person of color. Okay, she's Indian. Uh, I do want to point out that if Nikki Haley were winning this this election, this caucus, if she had won it, she would be the devil too. It doesn't matter that she's a person of color. She's not the right person of color. Or she doesn't believe in the right things. So she can talk about all the sympathy she has because she's a person of color, but that, that doesn't play when she actually is about to win. Okay, so I understand that with Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is not a is not a true conservative. She's not a really good politician. She did a good job in South Carolina, though she did some things in South Carolina I did not agree with, like tearing down statues and things. I, I was not a big fan of her. She seems to be really wishy-washy on the trans thing. So, eh, we'll give her that. Okay, here's a big shock. Um, listen, one of the problems with, again, you hear this all the time. You hear in Fox, Daily Wire, Post Millennial, The Federalist. You hear this all the time. When you have weakness, it creates a vacuum. And when you have that vacuum, someone else is going to fill it. When that someone fills it, bad things typically happen because the United States is a good country. I don't care what Antifa says or BLM or any of these idiots actually say. Well, it's happening in Iran. According to Fox News, top Iran experts in the U.S. and Israel are warning President Biden that the administration's strategy of de-escalation and containment targeting the world's worst state sponsor of terrorism— the Islamic Republic of Iran, has failed and America needs to reestablish deterrence against Tehran as fears of the regime obtaining a nuclear device grow. Alarming reports about Iran moving at an astonishingly, astonishingly fast pace to possess a nuclear weapon have emerged since last month. In December, Reuters reported that a confidential IAEA report released to member states said it had increased its production of highly enriched uranium, reversing a previous output reduction from mid-2023. Reuters also said in its report that, quote, Iran is enriching up to 60%, close to roughly 90% of its weapons grade, is weapons grade, at the pilot fuel enrichment plant in its sprawling Natanz complex and its Fordro fuel enrichment plant, which is dug into the mountain. So here, here's the thing with Iran. We, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised only by one thing in this report. And that one thing I'm surprised is that they don't have a, nu- a, a, a nuclear weapon already. They were supposed to have a nuclear weapon about two years ago. It also shows how they just don't have the technology they're not really, you know, they, they're not really to get together when it comes to the technology. And that's, that's a good thing because, believe it or not, they'd have one already and they'd already be nuking Israel because that's what this country does. They're just an evil country. But this shows all this appeasement that's been happening since, 2000, since 
the mid uh, 2000 teens, um, since 2015, 2014, 13, when this Iran nuclear deal, everyone saw this coming. Everyone who was against this nuclear deal for this very reason. And the Biden administration has still got their thumbs up their asses and still trying to appease them instead of showing strength. And here's the reality. The Middle East, Iran, the Houthis, the Palestinians, whatever that is, the only thing these people understand in the Middle East is power and death. They, the only thing they will understand is if you get a nuclear, if you get a missile shoved right into your building um, and you kill a ton of their leadership, that's when they realize, okay, wait a minute, maybe we should, maybe we should slow down a little bit. Iran, I hate to say it, is getting to the point where there's probably going to need to be a war against Iran or at least some major attacks to get them to slow down. Now, the good news is Israel has been pretty much doing that for a while, but the United States is going to have to get involved. And I don't mean write a strongly worded letter because Iran has gotten very, very uh, aggressive. Now, the good news is if we could, if the United States can get their heads out of their asses long enough and get Biden out of office, Trump can end this. And that's the one thing I really like about Trump. Trump can definitely end this. But I don't think there should be any surprises that a nuclear weapon has been found. Not at all. I don't, I don't, I'm not surprised at all. So I said it was going to be a wild year, and it's going to be a wild year in, in the Far East, too, because of Biden's weakness. So there was a big election in Taiwan, and it was between two groups. One group wanted some appeasal and concessions to China in order to avoid China from invading Taiwan. And the other was Taiwan's group. It was a group that said, no, we're not going to appease and we're not going to give uh, China and we're not going to give concessions to China. And they basically would flip the bird at China, flip the bird at China. Well, um, the winner of the election was a guy, the new president, was a guy named Lai Chi Te. He won the election and he said there will be no concessions, no appeasement to China. So that is great news. Now, this being, brings a big question to China. Now, China with Hong Kong, Hong Kong had a very concession-oriented pro-China government. That's why China was able to take over Hong Kong with relatively little, little violence. You will remember that there was all this free Hong Kong stuff for a while. Of course, no one in the United States listened to it because we, we just don't didn't care, which was really wrong. Now Hong Kong has turned into a shithole when it was one of the hubs for trade in the world. But... They just, Hong Kong just gave itself up. The politicians in Hong Kong just gave themselves up to China. Taiwan said they weren't going to do this. So now the question is going to be, what's China going to do? Now, seeing that there is a, the poll numbers for Biden really suck. Seeing that Joe Biden could definitely lose this election in November. The question is, does China make a move against Taiwan before Trump, who is very pro-Taiwan, comes into office. So we've got a year before we're going to find that out. 
And there are thoughts that May, June, July, over the summer, China could perform some military activity against Taiwan to take over that country. Because if Biden is still losing, they may not want Biden in. They may they may want may not want to wait till Trump is in office, and they may go in and attack. So what? How does? And just to prove it, here's what the Biden administration's got to say about it. So according to the Post Millennial, on Saturday, President Joe Biden said the United States said that of the United States, we do not support independence for Taiwan after the country voted for Lai Ching-tae as its new president. According to Politico, Lai has called for Taiwanese independence and faced strong opposition from China, who called the election a choice between war and peace. The Biden administration has since clarified that it expects differences between China and Taiwan to be settled peacefully, and it does not support an independent Taiwan. In other words, it's more talk. Oh no, we want peace. You guys have to get along. You guys have to work peacefully, right? And China's just like, F you, it's our country. That's our land. We're going to take it. You know, and then and then to sit back and say, we don't support Taiwanese, Taiwanese independence. They're basically saying, if China takes over, okay. That's what they're saying. They're already putting up their hands. China can walk in anytime. You know who won't say that? Donald Trump. And that's what the Chinese are afraid of. Donald Trump would send ships around Taiwan tomorrow if he's elected. Tomorrow if he was president. Okay, so we got one more, one more story. This is amazing. So, so this is this is a video that went viral. Uh, and I I I wasn't even it's all over the internet. It's all over the news stations. It is just so typical and basically what it is is it's a gal who got fired for job performance she knows she's going to get fired so she decides that because her friends all got fired shock and she decides to video record this and then go on offense against the people who are actually firing her this is this by the way is all that's wrong with gen z all that's wrong with Gen Z is right here. So let's listen to her joining the, the, the people joining the call. The whole video is like 10 minutes because she recorded the entire firing. Okay. I only took a couple of bites out of it, maybe three minutes out of it. So here's the first uh, audio clip where she's joined in and they're basically saying, hey, your job performance. Sucks. And she cuts them completely off and goes on her rant. So let's listen. And Rosie, um, we have an important meeting today. Uh, we finished our evaluations of 2023 performance. This is where you have not met Cloudflare expectations for performance. We've decided to part ways with you. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. Sure. Um, so I started August 25th. I've been on a three-month ramp. And then it was three weeks of December and then a week of Christmas, and then here we are. Um, I have had the highest activity amongst my team um, since I've started. I have had three contracts out, done a really great job managing my deals up until the very end that decided not to close last minute. Um, so I don't think that 
that makes a lot of sense for me in my Cloudflare journey here so far. Also, um, every single one-on-one I've had with my manager, every conversation I've had with him, has he has been giving me nothing but I am doing a great job, I have had great activity, I have really great meetings, I'm picking up the products very quickly, and um, things have been going really, really well. I make really great relationships with my clients. Um, so I disagree that my performance hasn't been um I haven't met performance expectations um, when I certainly have just because I haven't closed anything officially. My God, our people are so stupid. Gen Z is so stupid. Lady, money talks and bullshit walks. You have, you're great in meetings. You're one-on-one with your managers are great. But you haven't closed anything, which means you made the company no money. And this is basically, this is what the problem is. These kids think that, well, I don't have to actually prove I know what I'm doing. I have great meetings. By the way, you know, this is another thing that just drives me crazy. Why do these people have to record everything? Now, I have been on both ends of the stick. I have fired people and I have been fired. Both suck. It sucks. Don't kid yourself. These people, they're being automatons, which is something she complains about later. Okay. They're being automatons. Yes. Uh, They're coming up with the same thing. They're being very vague. They're doing that because of reactions like these and reactions like these lead to lawsuits. So she later, I I think later she's going to bitch that her manager isn't there and she doesn't know these people. Her manager isn't there because then personality becomes a problem during the firing process. And, And that's where you have lawsuits. So manager rarely ever fires somebody. It used to be real common. Now it's, uh, HR would rather deal with it. Or a district manager would rather deal with it. But the fact of the matter is that this gal has said, yeah, I haven't closed an account and a couple of accounts closed on me. They didn't, they, they reneged, but that doesn't mean you should fire me. I mean, she's basically giving, admitting why she's being fired. So that's the first clip. I got a second clip and and she, she just continues on this way. By the way, Gen Z, stop recording every little thing that happens in your life because you're going to get fired. You're going to get laid off. That's just the way it is. You don't need to relive this crap. Not to mention one of the biggest problems she's going to have is getting another job because this has gone viral. So now whenever Brittany Peach, and that's who this is, whenever Brittany Peach goes out there to try and get a job, that video is going to be attached to her resume. Okay, so let's listen to the second clip. Also, why are you doing this and not my manager? Not, you know, we've never met. So this seems a little odd that my manager has no idea that this has been happening and the director has no idea that this has been happening. So I'm just definitely confused. And um, yeah, I would love like an explanation that makes sense. Now, if you watch the video, uh, they act, the the chick that is online with her basically says, "Well, you're not going to get any of those answers. I we have we can talk about it later. 
We can give you the numbers. They're not here now. We don't have time for it. And see, this is the problem. She is so entitled. Well, I'd, I'd like answers. Well, I'm sorry. You you gave me the answer. And that would have been something. I, that's why I wouldn't do this. This is probably why the manager wouldn't do it. Okay? Because the answer would be, well, you haven't sold anything. You said it yourself. You gave the answer as to why you're being fired. And that's typically why a manager or a director wouldn't fire someone. Not to mention if, if little Miss Prissy here had sat there and said she had six months to sell something. She didn't sell some, anything in six months. What did they think? They were going to keep paying her for a year or two when she hasn't sold anything? Oh, well, I was on training for three months. Listen, training takes about two weeks. You're on probation for three months. They're expecting you to sell something. And you failed. And it sounds like they even gave her options. But the reason her manager and director are not sitting here and firing her, first, it's not their jobs. Second, again, personality. You, you, you can get personal. They know each other. Typically, you don't want the person, the people that know each other. If you don't, if the manager doesn't like her, that could be a different thing. Or if the manager has warned her, that could be a different thing. Then maybe he fires her. But for the most part, HR is going to fire you. And seeing how she's, I mean, demanding answers. F you. Lady, you're fired. We owe you nothing. Goodbye. Have a nice life. Here's the thing Gen Z's got to get over. First off, the workplace is a meritocracy. They can say it's not. They can say it's not. But it is. Perform or get out. It is that way. That's life. By the way, that's life. I mean, oh, it was never like that. Yeah, it was. It was always like that. It was like that 3,000 years ago. What was meritocracy involved then? Well, you either grew something or you killed something or you didn't eat and you died. That's meritocracy. If you failed at meritocracy, if you weren't the best or very good at what you were doing back then, you died. Today, you just get fired. You're lucky. You still got, Brittany, you still can live at home under mommy and daddy's roof because I'm sure you don't own that house and go find another job. But it's just, tomorrow we're going to read a story because apparently this is this is a common thing throughout Gen Z. And it's going to be worse with Gen Alpha. These people really think they deserve something. They can get, get a paycheck and provide absolutely nothing to the company. And she openly admits she hasn't given anything back to the company. She admits it. But she still doesn't understand why she's being fired. Don't do this. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at the full 10-minute video. I mean, there's a lot in there. She does go through another rant that is like three minutes long. I just found the rant really annoying and I started yawning, so I decided not to include it. In that rant, she even admits three more times that she never sold anything. And if you're that that gal, HR gal, she's got... She's got the patience of a saint because you could tell she was she was getting irritated. She was like, at, at the end of that whole spiel that Brittany gave, 
the the gala online basically said, well, anyway, here's your package. <laughs> I mean, it was really kind of funny. So go visit that and take a look at the full video. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talk of Politics. Thank you.